Hey guys, this is D. Williams again with This Comics Life, and thank you again for tuning in to episode 39. On this exciting episode, I'm going to have stand-up comedian Tony Alfano in studio. I'm me, my apartment. We talk about stand-up comedy, of course, as well as boy bands and girlfriends and what we would do if we got in a fight and so much more. It's going to be great. It's a lot of fun, and we talk all about him being an misfits cover band it's gonna be nuts man tune in and definitely check him out online go to adolf schittler (laughs) anyway guys i don't want to get into too much more but this one is a really good one and definitely check me out of course on this comics life on any social media and definitely don't forget to tell many friends all right let's check this out episode 39 let's do this. Do like voiceover stuff, or no, would you want to ever do it? Everyone always tells me that. It's funny. I always joke about it. Like everyone always says that to me, but nobody ever tells you how to get into it. It's right. always like you should do that. It's like, well, why don't you give me some fucking advice instead of just telling me I should go do something? <laughs> well, I've noticed like it's always like just do it. That's what you need to do. Just do it. You know, find somebody that's already doing it, and then just. No, have- that's true though. Yeah, like, I think that's with any entertainment thing, like, and you always ask them, like, the origin of, like, how'd you get into it? And they're like, uh, one day somebody asked me to do it, and I said yes, and then I got another gig off of that. It's, like, some, always a snowball effect, but how do you get that first gig, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like anything else, though. You just have to take that first step and be willing to eat shit. I think it's also, uh, you gotta do a lot of stuff for free first, you know, you gotta take all these gigs that are like, Hey, we can't pay you, but can you just help us out? And then suddenly it's like, you take all those like five or eight free gigs and you roll it into one paid gig (laughs) down the road. (laughs) Yeah. The paid gigs definitely start coming few and far between. You got to get taken advantage of a couple of times to earn your stripes. I've learned that. Yeah. Someone's got to be like, yeah, I'll pay you. And then they don't pay you and you learn, all right, I can't fucking trust anybody. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of sketchy. Like you have to drive sometimes out like, I've had to go to San Diego when someone said they were going to pay me. And then you get there, and then yeah. they dip before the show's over, and they totally stiff you. And you're oh, like, well, what? fuck, dude, that's a lot of gas for me to waste to come down here. Totally. It would be maddening if they dipped you for, like, thousands of dollars. Yeah. Then you could get lawyers involved or something. But if it's like, oh, you dipped me for, like, 50 bucks, dude, come on. Like, you can't even pay 50 bucks. Yeah, and the 50 bucks is, like, a lot to you and to them. Of it's course. Just like whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. It's, it's more of that is like a respect thing, you know, like that just tells you about your character. It's not about yeah. the money. It's just the like, hard oh, part you're too like is, that is like being on the side of it where you're getting gypped and being like, dude, I want to go knock this guy out. But you realize you can't do anything like that because your reputation gets put on the line there. So you have to right. be the bigger person and just kind of take it, warn your friends about it. I mean, I hit him up on Facebook and I was like, Hey dude, we both know that was really fucking shady of you. Like I came down, I did a good set. I had, you know, people liked me. I, you know, and yeah. you owe me money. Like it was kind of fucked up and he just totally ghosted me and I was like, all right, fuck you. What do you, what do you think about that with like people that, you know, can't call other comics out, you know, Oh, we'll never name names, but I'll tell this, you know, story about this guy being a piece of shit or whatever. And it's um, like, why can't you say his name? <laughs> I think you can if you want to, but I just think it just adds like unnecessary attention and drama to it. Like if it's something where you really want them to know about this person, then dude, use right. their name. I mean, don't be scared of that. But if it's like, I, I can understand something petty or whatever. Yeah, if but it's I, petty, I feel like leave it out. Yeah, but I'm talking about like, you know, you as well as 12 other comics has said like this, you know, open mic is a piece of shit off the air or whatever, or just between yourselves. Why can't you like let it known on like social network past your 12 people like, hey, this open mic's a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, you can. You just have to be willing to never go there the, anymore. <laughs> yeah. And that because I mean, you're, you're shitting on something that somebody's running. But and if, if you, they're running it poorly, I mean, right. that's on them. Like I'll shit. I'll shit on all kinds of mics. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, there's like shitting <laughs> on and then like, I guess, giving like, you know, constructive criticism. See, that's what I would do more than sh- I wouldn't shit on it, but I would call it for what it is. Like I've been to shows where it's like. I'll never come back here because it was a complete waste of my time. Right. You guys didn't want to like give me your attention at all, even though like I was doing that for you. Yes. And I'm talking about open mics where it's the same comedians there every week. And you know what? If someone's doing the same material, they're still working on something. Dude, mm-hmm. It's not going to be word for word. Everyone's got, you know, something that they're working on. Well, every be comic should understand that like, that's part of the magic. You know, being a comic is like, you're taking that veil away from other comics. Like, yeah. hey, I've seen this guy do his bit before, but that's what an open mic is. You see people working out material. Yeah, I mean, I've just gotten to the point now where I have, you know, five or six friends that I I talk to a lot that mm-hmm. we help each other out and we give each other feedback. And so I just focus on them. Yeah. And then a lot of times for me, it's just like trying to network and stuff. But I do right. like if I haven't seen somebody and I, know, and I hear their name called, I'll always check them out just because mm-hmm. I want to know. Oh, what's this guy got? What's this guy got? You know? Right, right, right. I'm the same way. You know, you, you kind of gravitate towards the people that, you know, naturally, you know, you just kind of befriended or become friends with over time because you've just been on so many patios together. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also that like that six month effect where it's like you got to see someone there for like six months before you're really going to introduce yourself. Right. Because people right. come and go so quickly. It's like, all right, fuck, who the hell is this guy? Right, and right. Three months in, you see him. He's kind of funny. You're like, oh, cool. That's nice. And then like six months, you're like, I've seen this guy like 40 times. I better say what's up and get to know him like what's up man <laughs> he told me like four times already good set so i guess i should know his name <laughs> that's why i try to like not take it personally when like sometimes you do but like so if someone like ghosts you or kind of ignores you that you kind of know who they are it's just it's the same thing you gotta understand like we see so many people so many right. places that right. you can't like be friends with that i mean you can i have no problem with anybody but I'm not going to go out of my way to try to make friends with a bunch of people that I'm not going to normally talk to, you know? Right, right. I know that there's a lot of guys uh, that I know, you know, that I see uh, doing the open mics and they'll be there occasionally because, you know, they're better known comics that are actually doing mostly gigs and they're at open mics because they're trying new material. They're not at open mics because that's the only thing they can do. Yeah, exactly. And of course, those guys aren't going to probably know my name or care who I am or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure they've seen me around, but... 
to them, it's like I'm just an I'm an open mic, whatever. Which I don't take offense to or anything. Yeah, like you know, your everyone has their place. But what's cool is like I mean, I had a lot of experiences when I was first starting out, and really established guys would swing through an open mic, but they'd be like. You know, they give you good feedback. They'd be like, hey, that was a really funny joke and right. stuff. Instead of just ignoring you and acting like they're better than you. Yeah. A lot of the, I feel like a good comedian, like a real actual comedian, appreciates the art and then would appreciate the struggle of other people that have, you know, that are doing what they've done. For me, like if I see someone and it's their first night and they tell me it's their first night, I'll, I'll give them as much advice as I can. I'll encourage yeah. them. Yeah, have fun, dude. And don't worry about it. Like whatever happens is going to happen. Because it's, you know, I remember being in that spot. Right. And I remember how much it meant to me that somebody did that to me. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. I've, like, I've never understood like people that, that come around with an attitude of like, I'm the shit, I'm better than you. Yeah. It's like, dude, I, we're all people, well, we're all trying to do the same thing. You may be funnier than me and you may be well, you know, into your career, but, you know, we're all in the same, same species, man. We're all people. Well, I think that's just fear talking, you know, at least from where I was standing, you know, anytime I, when I was automatically like, like uh, intimidated by another comic or just, you know, like feeling like, you know, why is this guy? What do you mean by intimidated by it? Intimidated in the sense of like, oh, this guy's good. You know, this guy's, I saw like. It makes you feel like everything that you do is not funny, kind of. Right. Well, especially when I first went on stage. I mean, when I first met you, I saw you doing, you know really good on stage and i automatically was like oh Shit. that like <laughs> <laughs> this is a comic like this yeah. is what i want to be this is actually like somebody now i'm like oh okay learn from this dude like yeah. whatever this guy's doing follow that lead like yeah, instead I mean, of that's that's something that is definitely a good thing to see people and do that but like i learned you know, when you see someone that's really good, like I used to get that way. Like I'd be like, mm. "Oh fuck, man, my shit's not even funny." But especially when you're gonna follow them, now you're yeah. like, "Oh." But then I, I started actually <laughs> looking for those spots. I love following somebody that's an absolute killer because to me, it, it means that the crowd's already ready to go. They're right. already in a good mood. They're already laughing. And for me, it's like, okay, I just have to match that, and it's a challenge for me to match that. So I feel like you get better. For me personally, like I get a lot better when my back's against the wall. Right, when the pressure's right. on. I always, I like, I just, I'm able to snap into it. I'll panic up until that moment, but as soon as the moment hits, I'm usually okay to go. I'm kind of that same way. I mean, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I've definitely killed or anything, but I've definitely had those moments where, you know, I re- I used to feel like, oh shit, why am I going up against, you know, after this dude, <laughs> and then I would bomb. Yeah. But now it's like, no, dude, like take that momentum that he's given you. Like he's helped you. He's made the audience want to laugh and want to like, you know, keep laughing. So like now I've turned those bombs into not awesome sets, but not, not horrible. Yeah. I mean, you're getting by, you're passing it. That's right. I mean, it's harder to follow a bomb sometimes than it is to follow someone that kills. Definitely. Crowd can just be like, what the fuck? I I did like, um, you know, I've done shows where I've been like the sixth person on the lineup Mm -hmm. and literally all five people before me bomb. Mm. (laughs) And Mm. I learned from experience that when that happens, the only and the best thing that you can do is to come out and start a joke immediately and just fucking make them laugh. Just hit it. Be calm. Boom. Do your shit. Right. Like then nobody came before me. And the funny thing was, is those are the sets now that I really those are the easiest ones. When I see that, I laugh. I go, oh, this is going to be easy because everyone that's gone Mm. up before me hasn't paid attention to the room. They haven't noticed yeah, what they need right, to do. Right. And I'm in the back of the room just itching like, oh my God, come on, get me up, get me up. Please get me up because mm-hmm. this crowd's going to die. I don't want to fucking wait any longer. Right, right. Because if it gets so bad, they're just leave. Yeah. And you don't want that. I hate, I that's mean, like one of the worst feelings is when there's a good crowd and you're waiting to go up and then like you start noticing they're getting restless and you're like, oh shit, five more minutes. Dude, just stay for one more comment. <laughs> I've actually 
I've actually <sighs> done shows where people were getting ready to leave and I've walked up to them and been like, hey, I know this sucks, but can you guys stay for 10 more minutes? Because I'm up minutes. next and I swear to God, I'm going to make you laugh. Like, I promise. <laughs> just stay. And the funny thing is, like, a lot of times people will stay, but it's the worst is when they fucking stay and then you still eat a dick. Right. <laughs> and then you just feel like, and then they walk in the middle of your set and you're just like, oh, fuck, man. You should just <laughs> hand them, like, five bucks and go, all right, here. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to This Comics Life. This is your host, me, D. Williams, a.k.a. Dare Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. a little unknown open mic comic interviewing a really cool guy that has been a mentor of mine, whether he knows it or not, <laughs> stand-up comedian, Tony Alfado. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> do you do any voices other than your own? Uh... It's just me. It's like the bro voice and then the more bro voice. You don't do a girl voice? No, or... yeah, I do a girl voice. I do uh, a couple other things. I mean, I, I fuck with it. I just don't really incorporate it all the time. But I can do some impressions and stuff. I just don't mm. typically get super into it. I've tried to do impressions, but I've noticed that you can't just do an impression. You can't just go, and here's Marvin the Martian. No, yeah, you got to make it natural <laughs> and stuff. And it has to be included into some sort of premise yeah. or whatever. No, nah, I was like, over this weekend, we did some some road shows out in Tulare, California, and uh, my friends were making me talk in a Boston accent, like, forever. Because <laughs> so, I, like, I do it sometimes just to fuck with people, and I just kept doing it, and they were yeah. just getting super annoyed. It's like, stop! I like a different accents, for sure, especially, like, at a, you know, in a... In a podcast setting, like I, I like to do, like you know, when I do episodes on my own, I'll usually get into characters or try to do yeah. like accents, just to, because yeah, it's it's feeding that muscle of like, hey, maybe someday you'll need to do this, yeah. or maybe a joke will sound better in this accent. Yeah, exactly. But I do find like it's so funny how like you know most guys will always make girls sound like nasally cunts. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's like the go-to. I mean, I even do that. Like, oh my god, our. yep. It's just because. But the reason why I do that is because that is the direct impression of my ex-wife from when I was like twenty <laughs> wow. years old. Yeah, and I just I'll always use that because it's right. like it was just so. Oh my god, can't. Like, it's so annoying. And I saw her like a couple months ago at a friend's wedding. What do they it call just, it? Vocal fry now? I don't know, but it yeah. was, dude, it was bad. Like, I, as soon as I heard, like, oh my God, you got, I was like, oh, here we fucking go, dude. <laughs> but it's like, maybe like, you know, Spanish fly, where it's like, you hear girls do that and you're like, oh, I'm so attracted. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> but she must be hot because she sounds so awful. <laughs> But I, I, I think it's, yeah, like, I want to hear, like, one comedian do, like, a woman impression that's like, hey, how you doing? I know, right? Just like. Just super manly one. <laughs> you know, kind of like, you know how Will Ferrell did uh, Janet Reno? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Here you <goes. laughs> I've met a couple girls with some husky voices. Would sure. you ever do, like, a reality dating show? Like, what do you mean? Like a bachelor or, like, you no. know, singled out. <laughs> I mean, I. As a complete sellout, if it was going to help my comedy career, I fucking right. absolutely would. But that's the only reason because I don't even do online dating or anything. I've been single for eight months. I haven't even gone on a fucking date. 
Would you? Yeah, you could do that though. Like you could just you if you went on the Bachelor, you could say stand up comedian. That's my yeah, job. That's my you job, know? Mm-hmm. which means you're going to be supporting me. So good luck <laughs> with that. Well, I think if you told the producers stand up comedian, they'd automatically be like, "Nah, we don't need it." No, yeah. Man. I mean, I would never, I would never apply for like. Why would I want to go meet a bunch of girls that way? That's fucking retarded. Or just like, one girl, any and girl. That, I, I don't even want to meet a girl dudes. at a bar anymore. Like I just, hmm. I'm fucking over it. Everyone's so full of shit that I just feel like. I'm so I'm so into what I'm doing with my life right now that the only way I'm going to date a girl is if a girl comes along that is just like undeniably fucking amazing and she right. wants exactly what I want and it works out. Other than that, well, it sounds I don't like you're the chick where you're the one to go and like I'm, I'm looking not out looking. for me. I'm, I'm just not, being. I'm not. If a girl wants to date me, she can fucking ask me. I don't right. care. Like that's the where I've gotten right now. I just mm. like. I'm doing my thing. I'm happy with where I'm at. Like yeah. I don't need anything else. So, but if you want those, if you want those some vagina my way, um, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always feel like I watch those shows because I feel like you know, like who watches this shit, dude? So many women. I have yeah. so many like girlfriends that I know that like live and die by that fucking show. It's crazy. But it's like, so <laughs> weird how like in any other situation, you know, they would hate it. You know, like if you were at a party. And you just macked on one girl, and then twenty minutes later macked on another oh, girl. Yeah, exactly. That party would just be hellfire. I would never like if I ever felt like I was in competition with somebody for someone else's feelings. I automatically I'm out. Yeah, I don't fucking you care. Don't, yeah, I would later. be too. I'd be like, oh, we have to compete. I'm yeah, done. that's why I've never, I've never <laughs> like understood that whole aspect of it. Like right, for me, it's right. just like, dude, if you're not hundred percent, then neither am I. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. You know. I remember one time I was in high school and I had a girl seriously tell me that too, where like I told her I liked her and then she told me, well, you know, this other guy likes me too. So, you know, I'm going to kind of try to like just wait a week and then I'll tell you, uh, you know, I'll tell one of you whether or not I, I like you or not. And it's like, oh, well, <laughs> save it. You know, I don't need it. Like yeah. if it, if you need a week. And then I get a maybe still like, nah, I'm cool. Everyone has their moments. I remember being younger and, and dealing with bullshit like that. And just like the way it made you feel, it's like, so not worth feeling that way. Well, maybe do you think it's because you got married early and that you were, yeah, well, I mean, I got married early for completely other stupid ass reasons. I, uh, I was with a girl that got pregnant and, uh, Turned out the kid wasn't mine. Long story. I don't really know if we have time to get into it. It's like a Maury show. All right. Here is your- Tony. Tony, come on out. Well, it's Tony. It's nice to be with you. I bet you're looking... Are you kind of surprised you're here? Yeah, pretty much. It was just like bad timing. Like She got pregnant a week before we met, had no idea. We hooked up, went through this whole thing. It was just like a shitty situation. We tried to make it work, and it didn't. So she thought but, it was yours, but it wasn't. Yeah, pretty much. You are not... <laughs> but, you know, hey, man, shit happens. But, yeah, I just... I don't know if that affected me moving forward too much, but, like, I just personally... Do you say talk about this on stage, or...? Uh, not yet. I have... I mean, I've, I've started to. It's just like not one of the i've been working on other shit i'm like getting right. there right. it's not that like i don't like talking about it i just like it's not super funny like it's just like mm. a bunch of bad shit happened and it's more like i could probably make fun of myself for being so stupid at the time but it is a little not. self-deprecating that you can't yeah. a little bit i mean i just you know there'll be a right time to to bring it in and incorporate it into another joke or something you know i feel like certain jokes like that are like Oh, this is an advanced joke. I'm still a beginner. Like I need yeah, to stay with beginner jokes. I know I've written some jokes that work about it, but I just feel like 
when the time is right, it'll like, I, I feel like that's one of those bits that needs to naturally progress. Like mm. what I talk about it and I, I mean, I've been taking some shots at it on stage, so it is coming along. Cause I do those, those bits about when I used to pick up dead bodies and stuff. What? And those, um, you've never heard those. I don't remember that. Yeah, I used to do them a lot. I haven't done them in a while, but I'm actually kind of, I'm working on them again. Cause I haven't really had longer sets to do it in a while, but yeah, I used to do like that. Like a mortician. Yeah, I just worked for a delivery company, basically. Like, we would just go pick up bodies and deliver them where oh, they needed to go. Oh, right. Like, after they die yeah, at some, like corners at some and house stuff. or whatever. Yeah. So, I would, um, yeah, when I was first doing that material, I would just Weird. go on stage and start talking about it. And then, eventually, it turned into a solid bit, and I was able to navigate it. So, I know that eventually, I'll be able to do that. Sure. Wow, that's a... I always find that, like... I think that helps like the, the stand-up career is to just have a lot of yeah. weird experiences. Well, I'm surprised like, you never heard that because that's like what everybody always like talks about when they introduce me. Like, this guy used to pick up dead bodies. Like, it's like <laughs> the thing I'm like known for. It's like why it's weird. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I must have heard it. I just don't remember hearing it. You know, it yeah. d- just didn't recall. I honestly, I haven't really been, I haven't done it in a while. Like I used and to be like a closer it like, that I would do morbid or did you feel like this is weird like it's definitely a weird like anytime i bring it in on stage like that's the thing i've been working on the most is like how to bring it in because it's very um you know it throws the audience for a loop it takes a joke or two for them to get on board because i think you start talking about dead bodies everyone's immediate thought is like where the fuck's he gonna go with this yeah did he fuck them or whatever and that's the thing so you gotta you gotta kind of ease them in like don't worry you guys i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna fucking and i think that's like that's finding out where in my set to do it too, because I need to do it at a point where they can trust me to know, like, you know, he's talked about some shit that's been pretty, that's why I used to close with it. And it worked good because they kind of caught on to who I am and they realized like, I'm not going to be overly offensive, but I am going to be kind of offensive. Right. You know? but like, or talk about taboo subjects. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not scared to talk. Like, I actually, I would do a, a pretty big religion bit before I would even get into this kind of stuff. Hmm. And uh, I felt like that would kind of open the door a little bit. Cause the religion shit would hit, about 80% of the room and the other 20% you could tell were kind of like a little too uh, right you know? right so but then I, I would bring in that and it was just like a little easier for them to swallow right there hypothetical questions while in Maui Two chicks invite you to swim with dolphins. All of a sudden, the horny porpoise starts to attack the less attractive one. What do you do? I save her and then try to have a three-way. <laughs> Just simply as that? Yeah. Just save her life and then be like, I mean, I did save her life. Yep. And do you think she's still going to be down to fuck? After, probably, like- probably not that close to a rape. But, I mean, you're <laughs> yeah, at, that point, at that point, you're in good standing for future endeavors. Mm-hmm. Mm. And hopefully you're Play not in Maui game. for just yeah. that night. Play the long game. <laughs> yeah. But do you still have sex with now the attractive girl that... You, you have know, sex with any woman that's willing to have sex with you is what you have <laughs> sex with. <laughs> as long as she's, you know, within reason. Right, right. I will also always like the idea of, like, being somewhere by yourself and suddenly two hot chicks just show up and, like, are into you. Like, when does that ever happen? It's happened before. It happens a lot in movies. But I've never seen it happen to me. Anytime at least. something like that's ever happened to me in real life, it's so fucking like, 
the fuck's going on right now? Right. Like, you never really believe like, <laughs> where's Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> like it's, I mean, any guy, like when a girl throws herself at you, it's kind of like alarming. You're like, all right, what's the fucking full story here? Like, right. do you actually just like me and you really vocal about it? Are you desperate? Is something going on? You need fucking help? Like, what is this? This is weird. Right. Right. And it's not like you're saying that you're a dog or anything, Yeah. but obviously girls don't have to throw themselves at you, you know, in order to say, Hey, I'm into you. No. Yeah. That's how I feel. Exactly. Like I had a girl that like legit threw a BJ at me that I didn't have to do anything for at a show. Hmm. And it was like all my friends that were there were like, dude, she's going to blow you. Like, you know, like it's happening. Even if you don't want it, I think it's happening. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just gotta, just gotta take it. I've never had that That, yet. She was very vocal. BJ's (laughs) never, they don't come easy to me. (laughs) They don't, but when they do, you can't, you can't say no, man. That's true. You can't. I, I remember one time, like, yeah, there was one girl that I had to say no to. And it was definitely like, good for you, man. You just, you know, I'm, she still thinks about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's probably killed herself by now. Yeah, you know, she's. Obviously. But I'm just saying, she. It was at a party, and to be honest, I was trying to get my dick sucked from another girl. So it was like, um, I'm gonna try my odds with this other girl. Like, I don't want the sure thing right now. I'm only here to get my duck sicked. Let's do this. <laughs> and then later, I ended up, you know, striking out with that girl. So. Oh yeah, always, man. You can't if if your end game is blowjob you're normally going to strike out. Right. You right. got to be prepared to not have that happen. <laughs> and in retrospect, I'm sure this girl probably did give a pretty good BJ. Yeah. But you know, I'll never know. Could have been the worst. Could have been the best. <laughs> I want, I, I would definitely like that in Maui though. Yeah. Maui would be the ideal place for a good beach. The only time I like following people that bomb are musicians that bomb, you know, on mixed mics. Like if this guy's singing about his girlfriend that just kicked him in the nuts for two minutes (laughs) and it's so morose, it's like, okay, now I got to make fun of this dude. And also it's better for my set. Like, I don't know, but I used to hate following like, you know, a good musician that's like, you know. Dropping all the panties, making everybody all like, any, you know, any moist. comedian hates following a good musician, dude. It's <laughs> never like comedian is never the fucking dessert, you know? It's right. Always, like, <laughs> they always don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> They're like into the music and then some guy comes out and he's like, hey, I'm going to fucking tell some jokes. People are like, nah. Right. I always find it funny when like other comedians talk about this, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait, like opening for, uh, you know, uh, Nirvana and shit yeah. like that. Like what? In the world, would you want to do that? Opening, I mean, opening's pretty cool because, like, you know, the crowd's anticipating the music, but they have to wait for them to set up and stuff. So it's, I've seen shows where doing, right. you know, and I've done comedy with music before. Like, the last time um, our Misfits band played right um, out, of, out of town or whatever, they, they asked us to do comedy before, and it was kind of cool because, like, they were getting set up, and we just kind of, like, tag-teamed some comedy sets and then did the, the music, so. Yeah, so you're in a Misfits cover band uh, or a comedian, tribute band. Yeah, all comedian Misfits. I don't know the difference between tribute and cover band. We just play old Misfits songs and have a shit ton of fun. Well, I think the difference is, like, the tribute <laughs> only plays one band. And a cover uh, band like just does whatever. Well, we're actually adding like we're adding a Ramones cover for our next set. Mm. But I don't know. We're probably going to start adding more like Black Flag Ramones uh. type shit just because I don't know. It's it's fun doing the Misfits. But I mean, you got to incorporate a few other of those bands, you know, because it was kind of a part of the whole 
the whole right. movement at the time. Right. I'm not actually a huge Misfits. Uh, I don't know a lot of Misfits stuff. I mean, oh, really? I, I didn't really hear them. Uh, you know, I didn't have that older brother that's like, here, bro, here, yeah. take this and listen and you'll change your life. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I never heard him until probably like sixth grade. I remember seeing like the skull everywhere and being like, what the fuck is that? You know, it looks cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I heard him and I didn't know what I... I knew they were a punk band, but I didn't know what to expect. And then, you know, right, the, right. the kind of rockabilly vibe and everything with it, it was just like, whoa, this is really different. This is really cool. I like this a lot. And I remember my first Misfits experience was Static Age. Uh-huh. Somebody played that for me, and I, I probably listened to it for like three months straight. I didn't listen to anything else. I fucking loved it so much. Like everything about it, the horror themed lyrics, like everything. I just loved it. Yeah, I, I definitely had a few friends that were into Misfits for sure. Yeah. They were definitely like, oh, man, you got to listen to this. This is <laughs> the same thing you said. And it was in, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know if it was just I wasn't a real big punk fan or yeah. like I was just into other stuff. But they're pretty. I want to hear it now. Like, I think if I heard it now, I'd be like, oh, why didn't I listen to this more? Yeah, it's it's cool. They went through like a lot of different like phases. Like they're they're pretty melodic. And then they have like a couple CDs where they went the Black Flag route and just did like hardcore punk. And it's just really fast and aggressive. But even that's like really good. Black Flag is uh, what's his name? Harry Henry uh, Rollins. Yeah, he was he was one of their singers. Okay, okay. That guy's intense. (laughs) (laughs) So what would be like your favorite like Misfits cover or song to do? Uh, we nail, uh, I turned into a Martian. It's like probably our best one or Astro Zombies. So I really love doing those, but um, I don't know. I think my favorite one to sing is probably some kind of hate because I actually can kind of nail it. Probably the, the song I hit the most, like you know. Mm-hmm. So I always get a kick out of that one. It's a little bit slower, so it's like my time to shine. Because the rest of the time I'm just jumping around and so it's like yelling. a ballad. No, nah, it's just a little bit slower than the other songs. It's a little catchier. <laughs> it's 127 beats per minute. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you know what's funny is that we like we play a lot of the songs a lot faster than they play it. But the Misfits live always play their shit super fast and aggressive, and then on their albums yeah. they would slow it down and make it a little cleaner. But well, we just always approached it like we, we just play it fast as fuck because Ryan's like a thrash drummer. Sure. He loves Metallica and stuff like that. So he's always awesome. quick. He uses his double bass. And I grew up listening to hardcore and metal. So, you know, I've got that experience. And Evan yeah. and Rob just catch up to Ryan. So we end up being pretty – it's pretty aggressive, like Misfit style. It's pretty fun, though. Do you normally get, like, you know, a 45-minute set? Or do you, like, you, you know, know do two hours? This or? is what cracks me up about it. So, like, we're all comedians. None of us are in a band. Like, I mean, we're in a band as comedians. But, like, right. all of us love doing music. But we don't have time to, like, write our own songs and do that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I, I know all these people in bands that used to struggle to get stage time and used to struggle to get all this shit. And, like, we started this band and just started getting headlining spots. Like, we just <laughs> fucking owned it. We were like, yo, we got a Misfits cover band. And they're like, okay, well, do you want to play? We're like, yeah, well, like, we could do, like, 35 minutes. They're like, all right, cool, and we'll pay you this much. Like, all right, cool, let's do that. Yeah, like, yeah. We play, we've played, like, Chain Reaction and brought zero people out, like, a couple times. And I remember my friends in high school 
we're always like, please come to my show so we can play. Right. Please come. But I think it's funny because like we all went through that bringer bullshit with comedy and we're like, we fucking flat out will not do it. Yeah. Cause, and that's funny. Cause like the booker like wants us to play, but we're just like, we're not selling any fucking tickets. We'll promote, but we're not selling tickets. Right. Right. Know? Right. And I've, it's funny how much you can get away with that. It's cool. Like it's cool to know that now, you know, I've heard so many comics on this show as well as other, you know, just in passing, you know, shooting the shit about how everybody's on board of like, fuck bringer shows, fuck bringer yeah. shows. Everybody hates him. But I mean, it's like, why are they still around then? Like if there's like it's nobody that's wanting to lazy. do these, there's things. a guy, uh, there's a guy named Scott Martin who runs. Well, I'll, I'll talk shit on this guy. Cause mm. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> he runs this show at Brea. Like he, at my buddy, improv, Matt, yeah, my buddy Matt hit me up and was like, Hey, you should hit this guy up. He's booking a spot at Brea. So I hit the guy up. He said, oh, can you please send me a video? I sent him a good video, professional video. He totally fucking like ignores it or whatever. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Fuck this guy. No big deal. It happens. But then I see his lineup and it's like a bunch of like newer comedians that like not to be a dick, but like people that are not very polished and don't do clubs and aren't right. there, you know? Right. And it was funny to see that. And then I saw his next show and it was the same thing. And then he actually started promoting his show as Hey, if you can bring this many people, you can get a spot at Brea Improv, and this mm-hmm. is my night. And this dude's just taking nights at Brea Improv and just throwing it out there like a fucking bringer show. It's disgusting. It's like, dude, put the effort in. Be proud of your shit. Like me, if I run a show, even if I lose money, I pay every single comic that goes on my show. I don't fucking care. Right. Five minutes, ten minutes. Everybody gets paid, and that's it. End of story. You don't have to worry about bringing people. I'm going to promote it. It's on me if there's people there. Right. I want you to promote, but you don't have to. Well, I would think that that's the thing about like, you know, booking a show to begin with is that you're, you know, confident in who you're booking. Yeah. That's going to bring people or at least the people that do show up are going to enjoy it. Dude, I hate I hate when I get put on a comedy lineup and you see it and it's like, okay, five of these people are fucking dog shit and there's two funny people. Right. And you're like, I have to invite as many of my friends as I can to this show just to see me do 10 minutes on a shitty show. Right. And you know, when I first started, it was like, I would do that because I was desperate for those stage times. You know? Right. Like, I can understand that. Improv, I have to do it, you know, and it's a good place to like get your name out. Yeah. It's a good stage. But then you start realizing that, you know, a shitty show, no one's going to fucking care. Right. It's, it's about having a good show. I want to be on a lineup where top to bottom, it murders because being a part of a show like that makes people want to come back to your show. It makes them want to do more comedy and go see more comedy. Hypothetical questions. You're an Uber driver working graveyard when suddenly a man who may or may not be Tom Cruise jumps into your car and forces you at gunpoint to drive him to the Scientology Celebrity Center. What do you do? Uh, I drive to the Celebrity Center because I don't want to get shot in the fucking head by crazy ass Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) But what happens though during the ride? Are you going to like keep it casual or i mean i'd probably let him lead the way since he's got a gun like Mm. i mean i would just play it cool at that point i'm not going to try to be a fucking hero and are you going to try to find out if it is really tom cruise oh absolutely i would definitely be like oh you're tom cruise though right and like try to quiz him like yeah no i would just be like hey i just want to give you like real i liked edge of dark knowledge tomorrow oblivion was pretty dope you're kind of crazy please don't shoot me (laughs) yeah days of thunder are you why are you trying to reenact uh (laughs) yeah collateral or whatever yeah yeah but I, I I wonder if Tom Cruise would actually t- do that. Like, you know, would he actually get caught or would you just go like, 
You know, because if you try to tell people like, man, Tom Cruise held me at gunpoint and made me drive to the celebrity Yeah, center, that's what's crazy. I mean, you'd be like, no, they didn't. That might be the best part about being a celebrity is just going and doing crazy shit. And then people... No, believe it. Yeah. No, believe you gotta have, if, if I drove an Uber, though, under no circumstance would I not have a camera running in that car at all fucking times. Yeah, Why right. wouldn't you? Dude, that's your place of business and you need to be taken care of. It is crazy. I always feel like, you know, that would be the be- like the, the worst part about being an uber driver is like just the people that you yeah, run absolutely. into <laughs> I mean, dude, any any worst part about any job is the fucking people you deal with yeah that's but, the one variable that's always gonna suck and having to deal with probably mostly drunk people all your life that's who's really taking ubers right most of the time yeah. i used to drive i was always i used to be straight edge and i've never been like a super big drinker right so i used to always drive my drunk ass friends everywhere i was always like i'll dd that way we can at least get home and like i can't tell you how many times i've been driving four drunk girls through a fucking jack-in-the-box drive through <laughs> at 2 a.m. It's it's not fun. Yeah, I've definitely done that. And they're all hammered. They're like, well, you're such a good guy. Why don't you have a girlfriend? I'm like, because I hang out with women like you, and it scares the shit out of me. And they never <laughs> wanted to hook up? you just be the nice friend guy? or I usually, uh, if there's a girl I meet that I'm not into, I will friend zone her, and I'll never hook up with her. Mm. Because I look at it like... I don't want to make it weird because if I ever get a girlfriend, I actually really like you. I want you to be able to hang out with us and not feel weird about that. Right. Because I've been in situations where I've, I've hooked up with girls that I knew it was just going to be just like whatever. And then you get a girlfriend and then, you know, your girlfriend finds out or knows you hooked up with them. And it's fucking awkward. It's like, yeah. you know, I just try to play the long game on that. Try to think it through. Don't you like find it that once you put them in the friend zone, they just want you more? Some girls. But I mean, those are the kind of girls where I don't typically stay their friend. I just like I would mm. end up hooking up with them. I, I just mean like girls where it's obvious that like, you know, there could be something there, but the friendship aspect of it's really cool. Right. Right. So I right. honestly, you keep, I keep it like that, too, because, you know, you never know what's going to develop maybe down the road, too. And that's like a really I feel like a way I'd rather meet a girl. Mm. is date a girl that I've been friends with that I know who they are. I know what they like and maybe the time's right. And you know, you guys start liking each other. It happens. Right. It's a pretty natural way for things to go. And that's a good foundation, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. So I just try to always like, just approach it like whatever. I've never, honestly, like I don't like hit on chicks or like really spit game a lot. Like I said, I'm just kind of living my life and doing my own thing. Mm, And that's what makes you so desirable. Probably not really. And if it is, they're not letting (laughs) me know. I honestly, I (laughs) don't pay attention, you know? Well, ladies hit up uh, Tony, you know, if you're listening and you're just, you know, I like El Torito. I will go out to El Torito with you. Yeah. Well, hit him up. My only goal today was to score some El Torito. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, material always wins at all. I mean, not know. necessarily. <laughs> I've been, I've done a couple shows recently where material is not going to happen. You have to do crowd work or you're really? kind of a thing. Oh yeah, it. I've done shows in rowdy ass bars where you try to do material and it's just it's obvious they don't want comedy. So the only way you're going to get them is if you go to war with them and be able to hold your ground. And it's not easy. It's fucking scary. And sometimes. Does it too. automatically go to Trump or like? <laughs> yeah, if you're. Okay, if you're a shitty comedian, then that's your first. Your first is the low hanging fruit, right? You know, like I try to always not do that. If I do a joke that's low hanging fruit, I've, I I hate myself for it. Mm-hmm. Like on, mm-hmm. I, I've had my friends tell me, like I, I'll say, like I have a couple bad habit jokes that I'll do. Like I got a like a joke about like breaking up with my girlfriend, and and then I use a Netflix joke to kind of like ease it if it doesn't I remember work. That, the, yeah, at, uh, the Independence Day joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's you know. It's a cop out for me because when the Independence Day joke bombs because people don't get it and it's still kind of new, I do the Netflix line to kind of save the joke. Right, right. And it's the hackiest fucking thing to do, but I have the worst habit of doing it. So every time I do it, my friends laugh because they see me 
like my body language after yeah. I do that joke, I just like fuck. You could see it in my face. <laughs> like, god damn it. It's a good tag, but I mean, could could you find a better tag? I could find a better one, and I just I haven't yet. And I just keep like, and that that's like where I'm at right now. This last year, like as a comic, has mm. been the biggest struggle for me personally because I hit like a. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely hit a rough spot creatively or a rough like spot creatively. You know, I did a couple roast battles that I did really well on and that took away from the comedy for a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. But that's also a cop out because I didn't put the time in to sit there and actually try to improve my comedy. And I just I fell into some bad habits uh, with my stage, you know, performance and things like that. And I would just keep doing the same mistakes and I wasn't progressing. Yeah, I was wondering, like, I was noticing that, too, like, because I've talked to other guys that have done roast battle mm-hmm. and they, you know, say they're they're like writing jokes for like three months or whatever. And you're thinking like, well are you just doing that or are you now still doing your, your other well, stuff if you're, as well as roast battle or if you're new it, at roast battle, like your first time around. Yeah. You spend your three months writing only roast jokes because yeah. you're not good at it. Like for me, my first two battles, it took me a long time to get good jokes. And then my third battle against Evan was the main event. So I had to get a lot of jokes and I noticed that the jokes came a lot quicker. And right. then now as I'm writing for more people and I have a couple roast battles coming up, I've noticed that it's a little quicker to get to what I need to get to. So that allows me more time to focus on stand up still and do that. So it's cool. But when you know when you're first starting, you absolutely need to make that roast battle your priority. Because do you find it easier roasting your friends? I've only roasted um, people that I know. Uh, Jacob, I'm roasting Jacob Trimmer next month, and he'll be cool. Yeah, he's probably the the person I know the least that I've roasted. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be cool. And we we sat down and kind of got some dirt on each other. And then right. I have Brandon Jetty the week after. And really, yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure he'll hear this. Fuck you, Jetty, but you're giving me you're giving me a hard time, man. <laughs> You're hard as fuck to write jokes for. He hosts the uh, Max Blooms. Yeah, he's saving it, man. That, that honestly, I went there last week because uh, I was meeting some friends in Fullerton, so I figured I would just stop by and do some stage time. My past experiences in Max Blooms have always been pretty negative, but uh, he's done a pretty good job. He actually had like a, a crowd paying attention the whole night, and he kept them pretty much into it. So that's cool. Kudos to Jetty, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I've talked to him a few times, man. That guy has always been nice to me. He's really cool. He's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if roasting is uh, my forte. You know, I don't think a roast battles comes, you know, natural to me. It's I, not that big I don't of a know. Deal, you know, people, no, it's people not. say like, Oh, you got to do the roast, but like I did it because I wanted to see what it was like and yeah. I got addicted to it because I was actually, I mean, I know I was pretty good at it. Like right. I realized it was something that I was decent at. And so it made me want to get better. So now that I've done it a couple of times, I'm like, like these last two, I took these next two battles and I'm Part of me is like, I fucking wish I wouldn't have because I kind of hit a good stride in comedy and I have a lot of shows the next two months. Right. But at the same time, I I want that pressure. I want to overwork myself. I want to put myself in an uncomfortable position because I've learned that that's the only time you grow. You don't grow when you're comfortable. You grow when you're uncomfortable and you have to grow. Of course. Of course. You know, the biggest realizations I've had is, you know, when you suck a dick, you know, you know, you bomb hard. You've been thinking about these jokes for the past week and they didn't work (laughs) pretty much. Yeah. It's, I like that saying, like, if you're not, if you're, uh, if you're not winning, you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you have your good sets and you need those for your confidence and stuff. Yeah. To just keep you going. Yeah. Those, those other nights, like my favorite, my favorite thing is the comedy come down. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it's like you do a show one night, like you'll do a club show. Mm-hmm. Sold out show, best set of your life. You fucking murder it. It's great. The oh, very yeah. next night, you go to a bar show and there's seven people <laughs> and you do that first joke and you're expecting at least something. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you get, it just doesn't match what you had the night before. And it's just like an instant like, oh, fuck. Yep. You know, yep. The, 
It's I've funny. Had... Like uh, the first couple of times it happened, it was so disheartening. And I was just like, am I funny? Yeah. Like what the fuck just happened? Like, come mm-hmm. on, you gotta be killing. Like you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. How did I turn unfunny in the last five hours? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's, that's like one of my favorite things about comedy though, because everything I've ever tried in my life, I've given up on pretty easily if it wasn't going my way. Right. I've always been like a, yeah, fuck this. I'm out of here. Like, you right. know, I'm not a pro baller after yeah. 12 minutes. Cause there's eh, things I'm this. good at that I can put my time into and just be better at. But right. comedy was one thing that I fucking wanted. Like I, I wanted it. And I did it, and I did okay my first time, and then I started really sucking because, you know, your first time always goes pretty good. Some people, at least, you can <laughs> yeah, carry yeah. yourself through, kind of. Well, just the sympathy if the host tells, like, the audience, like, hey, this is exactly. his first time. Then I don't know you- if they did that. I think I asked them not to do that for me, actually. And I remember I was less nervous my first time than I was my second time. That really? Was- my second time was done. Like my first show, actually, I did pretty good. Like How I didn't think it was going to go good. How long did you start doing comedy? Uh, my first show was in, like, it was like August of, or I think October of like 2013. And then um, I, I did that show and it went okay. And then I didn't do a show for like six months. And then February of 2014, I started going and I actually started going. Right. Yeah. Because that first one the same was, thing. Yeah. The first one was like, I wanted to do this and then I did it. And then I was kind of like, all right, well, that was cool. And then I got distracted by other shit. And yeah, it was, I didn't yeah. know anybody. I didn't know how to get shows and stuff. I and agree. Then, and then I was really like, I want to do this again. So I booked my own show at this at this bar and I hosted it. I booked comedians and stuff. And so wow. that was my so introduction your to time, comedy. You just booked a show. Well, I booked a show. But then like a couple weeks before that show, I started hitting open mics to get ready for that show. Mm-hmm. But um, that was like my introduction to like the OC comedy scene. You know, I, I booked a couple of people through some guy that I worked with. Right. Because he did comedy and he kind of like, oh, well, I can get a couple guys. Did it at my friend's bar. And then I met people and I kind of got an idea of like who to meet, where to go. And I just slowly started hitting as many shows as I could, made a couple friends. And then, you know, that's the hardest part is when you don't know anybody. Yeah. You got to make a friend and you, it's, it's hard because there's so many different types of people in comedy. Yeah. But the one thing we all have in common is, is that, you know, we're all funny or we think we're funny and stuff. And right, right. that can be a really great thing or it can be a really fucking big nightmare when you're trying to meet people. <laughs> well, when you can find somebody that's like automatically gets you, you like, Hey, you get me, I get you. Yeah. Uh, we're at the same level or we're almost at the same, you know, level in the sense of like, we're trying to do this as a career, yeah. you know, like I found a lot of guys like early on. And I think that's also why, you know, I took a, another six months break like you did was because, yeah, I found guys that were like not in it to win it you know they're not like they were like okay that was cool you know and then i'm like hey let's do this like you know at least three or four days a week and they're like oh that sounds like a job and i'm like yeah (laughs) a cool job right (laughs) like a like the best job ever (laughs) like but they were like no let's like just i don't want to call it for other words but it's like a hobby comic they were just like "Eh." like i i'm just here for like the you know the drink specials and to make (laughs) a couple people laugh i'm not here to like make this my life. And I'm it like, oh, but why? <laughs> like for me, I always knew I wanted to do it for a living, but I think my first year or so was me kind of seeing if I had what it took to do that. Because I was like, I'm not going to go chase a dream that I have no fucking chance of, of getting. Right, I'm not right. an idiot, you know? Right. Right. Which you, you have see to a have lot of those people. And it's like, you realistic goals them and be like, dude, like, please don't keep doing this. Like it's not happening for you, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's not your place to do that. So you just got to encourage people. But for me, um, you know, within the first year I was very lucky to be taken out on the road and like get some good experiences. And through that, I actually was able to meet people that I looked up to that told me like, Hey, you're pretty funny. And then when you hear right. someone like a that, mentor. tell you that, yeah. <laughs> and not even just a mentor, but like, you know, someone like Bill Burr somehow sees you do a fucking bringer show at the comedy store and he gives you the fucking fist bump and says, that's pretty funny. 
And then you're like, oh my God, you know, and then you never wash your hand. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for me, like, like my first roast battle, having like Jeff Ross and other guys laughing at your jokes and saying, oh, dude, you're really funny. Like those were the moments for me when I really realized like, this is going to be a career move for me. But before that I was already hitting it. Like, you know, if you want to be a boxer, you got to go to the fucking gym. Mm -hmm. You got to go to the gym every day. You have to train. You got to get your ass kicked. You have to do it. And with comedy, it's the same thing. It's like, you want to be a comedian? Well, go to a show every night. Yeah. If you're not doing a show, you're not growing. And there's a million other people that are doing shows every night that are going to get ahead of you. Yep. yep. So you got to do it. Would you ever be in a boy band? Like I said, uh, if it helped my stand-up career, absolutely. No, uh... I kind of am, dude. Our Misfits cover band's a boy band. Right, we're pretty. But it's, it's, we're all strapping young lads. Would you do in sync covers? Or? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I honestly, a dude, punk I'm not in sync cover. That would be cool. Sounds hilarious. No, I um, yeah, I wouldn't give a shit. I mean, what? I'm not a good dancer, but if if it was gonna yeah. get, if it was a way to make money and travel the world and do shit, fuck yeah. You gotta have choreography skills yeah. for sure. I mean, I'd have to be into what I was singing about. I wouldn't be able to just like you know. No, it'd have to be about girls like 80% of the time. No, I would be, if I was going to be in a boy band, it would be an all gay boy band. <laughs> You're just singing about other that, guys. Well, no, dude, that's a big demographic that likes yeah. boy bands. So why not hit that demographic, you know? And what would be your boy band name, you know? Or, and, oh, man. And what would be your character? You know, what would be, what would uh, your persona be? I'm going to go dirty. I'm going to, I'm going to say my persona would be Girth Brooks. <laughs> always like that one um and you're the bad boy or you're i would be the bad the bad cowboy yes that does rodeo on the side like like maybe maybe i'm from texas of course yeah wrangling up some cattle (laughs) always wear like a belt buckle and yeah yeah. but it has to be like bedazzled like a bedazzled belt buckle bedazzled (laughs) yeah oh man you have you have hit something though that like there should be uh, all gay boy band or at least, that just at least caters target. to the gay. Yeah, why not, man? That's yeah. a big. That's a big market, especially nowadays. I mean, or not even just gay. You know, anything in the LGBTQ yeah, or not? whatever. Well, I mean, that's not like Lady Gaga. I mean, music should be you know transcendent to anybody. Anyways, I'm mm-hmm. just making jokes about that. But like, <laughs> yes, like that's like, that's like the one cool thing about music as a medium is like you can you can truly reach anybody with it. Hypothetical questions. You're at a laundromat and you're talking to a hot chick for 45 minutes. After flirting and crushing it, you notice that she's folding boxer briefs. What do you do? I don't get it. Maybe she's just like a chick that wears boxers? Yeah, maybe she's just a chick that wears boxers. Is that cool? Yeah, wear whatever you want. She can't wear regular girl panties. She's not into that. She doesn't wear. Yep. How's the booty? Probably pretty good. Then yeah, she's there a you hot go. chick. If she's hot, she got booty. I don't care what the fuck she wears, dude. <laughs> if she's hot, she got booty, and she's not a fucking idiot. I'm in. Man, that's awesome. I want to meet a girl that just doesn't wear. Yeah, she she doesn't have any yeah. girl pants. I mean, although I mean, booty shorts on a chick is like and thongs. I mean, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? If you're a chick, why wouldn't you wear women's underwear? <laughs> I know men that wear women's underwear. Is it it's weird? obviously yeah. comfortable. <laughs> is it weird that women or men wear women's underwear? I had a friend that legit used to wear those thong cut briefs from like Mervin's and shit. Like mm-hmm. he would wear thongs. Really? Yeah. He's just like, they're fucking comfortable. And I was like, all right, you're weird as fuck, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
I think I put them on once just as a joke and did notice that, like, hey, these do hold your nuts pretty nice. A little snug, yeah. yeah. Now, I've put on some, some G-Spring Speedos for chicks and stuff, just, mm. like, goofing around. Like a, a banana hammock? Yeah, I'll put one on. Yeah, I would do that, especially if, like, she bought it and she was like, hey, you need to wear this. Well, yeah. okay, whatever. Honestly, though, I would never fuck a girl that goes to a laundromat, poor bitch. <laughs> she, has, <laughs> she, <laughs> she must have her own laundry bed. <laughs> she must have her own unit. Yeah, right? You don't have your own washing machine? What the fuck? <laughs> yep, I understand. The struggle's strong. I, I remember, uh, you know, bombing real hard after a few, you know, like, you know, I had a few good sets in Orange County at some, you know, just very generous open mics. Yeah. And then, you know, I go thinking like, oh, I'm the, I could go to do the comedy store. No problem. <laughs> and then, yeah, I suck a big dick and never, I, I mean, that's like a bomb that I've never had before before. Yeah. Was that your first comedy club, the store? Uh, I did, um, I have the ice house oh, okay. before, but I love the ice house. Yeah. The ice house actually wasn't that bad. It just didn't really have a lot of people. Yeah. But it wasn't, I mean, this was a f- packed house, you know, in the belly room and nobody laughed for three minutes, <laughs> yeah, you know, I know, like yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, actually did Brea improv was my first comedy club and there was like 150 people there my first time doing it. And I like, I had it at the time to the best of my ability at a good set. Right. I actually have that set on my iPod and I'll, nice. it'll come on my shuffle sometimes and I'll always listen to it because <laughs> I remember like I got a lot of laughs but I realized I was just like screaming into the microphone and just dancing around stage and like people were, you know, it was pandering like crazy. So I always... It I was always, the theatrics, not yeah. the jokes. And I, I, you know, there were some shell of some jokes there and I got some good, like good experiences there but it's just funny to listen to that and just it always reminds me like even when you think you're doing really good you're always going to look back in a year or two years and think you sucked. Oh yeah. And that's something to encourage you though. Like that, that's something that you can take to heart and go, no matter what, I'm always going to get better. So if I ever quit, that's when I'm going to stop getting better. Mm -hmm. So as long as I keep going and as long as I keep putting my heart and soul into this, like I'm going to get better and I'm, that's, I'm only going to move forward. You know, do you remember your first joke? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was pretty stupid. It was, uh, I opened up, it was a show at, it was at a sushi bar. Um, nice. in, in the IE. Yeah. And I opened up with a, with a very hilarious Sushi joke in the IE Ugh. about running into some old friends from high school and we were tossing back some Zimas nice. and I was like, you timely know, reference. Yeah. Right. It was trying to be funny. And I was like, yeah. And I don't know what happened. Like I, uh, I fell asleep and I woke up the next day and like my asshole was on fire and I was just like, did I have like fire diarrhea? Like, I don't know what happened. So I went to go to the bathroom and like a condom fell out of my ass and then I was just like. Holy shit, but it's still in the wrapper. What? And that was like, yeah, like I thought that was so fucking funny. It was like borderline gay, but like, I, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just, yeah. I had no idea. I was trying to be shocking. Like my whole set that night, I had like a fucking three minute abortion joke that had all wow. these stupid like tags in it and stuff that I thought was so funny. It's so fascinating to like think about like what, you know, when you first think about comedy, like what comes up out of your head first and is it, it's like, wow, abortion came out first and like, I think that's a bad habit that everyone does though. <laughs> and I think it's like, for me, it was because th- at the time when I started comedy, that was when like Jezel neck and all that stuff it's was, always was it was shocking pretty big. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. The shocking stuff was getting big, but the thing that people don't realize, and I didn't, I didn't learn this until I started doing it was like, 
if you're going to be shocking, you still got to have craft to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to be creative. You can't just go out and yell dumb shit and be offensive. Like if right. you're going to offend somebody, you have to do it in a way that like they don't even see it coming. And then by the time they feel that turn, they're laughing and then they're like mad that they're laughing at that. Mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. that was something that like a lot of my first material and even now a lot of my bits, I like that's like my style that I learned to rely on is like I'm not trying to offend you, but I'm going to I'm going to give you my point of view and you may not agree with it. But I'm going to do it in a way that is so funny that you're not going to be able to disagree with me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I try not to do jokes that don't have that, you know, kind of not not necessarily only that style. But I like if I do a joke, it's either setting up a joke like that or like trying to match the rhythm of my sets is always kind of like an ebb and flow of like pushing you away, bringing you back, pushing. you. And I've learned that that's like kind of like my style and I've gotten pretty good at it. But when I first started. I didn't realize that. And so I was just throwing out fucking groaner, groaner, mm-hmm. groaner, groaner, you know, and just <laughs> pissing people off. I like your style. Like as soon as I uh, first, you know, started watching you a few times, you know, I could definitely tell like, oh, this guy has a rhythm, you know, yeah. to his, uh, you know, madness. You know, there's, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you can tell like, you know, you conserve words. You're not like rambling. You're not yeah. just like, uh, you know, almost like is he thought of this before? Like you can tell like, Oh no, this is like something he's, you know, I had to learn how to like, made. Do, cause I, you know, like my style I learned is, and it's so weird because I always thought like, what's my style going to be. And then you just develop this thing mm-hmm. on your own. And it was so cool. The moment I realized like I've created my own style of comedy that's unique to me and that people actually like, and that yeah. was like all I ever wanted with my life. And so that was cool. And then when you start writing new material and you start realizing like, damn, all these jokes flow together good. And it's like, how did I get that? Mm. How did that happen? And like, you want to know because it helps you write. Like even sometimes I'll get jokes and I'm like, how the fuck did I even come up with that? Right. And I want to <laughs> understand it because all my jokes are kind of similar. And it's like, I just try to always match like, you know, the same structure. I want to have the same structure. I don't know why. I've just always had it like, I remember seeing Tom Segura one time. He's hilarious. Yeah. And he, he, he did a set at Brea actually. And he fucking didn't move. He, he just posted in one spot. And did material and just deliberately just delivered it. And it just like, I, I loved that. It, it like, you know, it compelled me. And I was like, man, that's kind of like, we have a very similar mm. outlook on life and stuff. And it was like, I tried to make it very obvious that I wasn't trying to rip his style off because I noticed that as I was writing jokes, I wasn't necessarily biting his style, but I noticed my cadence was kind of like on speed with his. Right. And so what I started doing was like making sure that I wasn't falling into habits like that. And then through yeah. that, it was kind of cool. Cause I noticed I got, I was good at that style. But there are other styles of comedy that, you know, I was good at, too. And so being able to incorporate a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then you get you find like your own little thing in there. Well, I think that's the beauty of like comedy, especially like seeing somebody that's like, you know, newer following people that have already been seasoned and stuff is that you always see little bits of the older comics in them because everybody gets influenced. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you can just see it's like, okay, I know that it's you, but... I see a little Bill Hicks. I see a little bit of this. I see a little bit of that. Yeah. When people tell me that it's funny, like someone will say like, Oh, that's like kind of like a Hicks bit. And like, I'll be honest. Like I didn't really watch a lot of Bill Hicks. I didn't even know who he was until I started doing comedy and really wanted to look back at these other people. Right. So that wasn't like a big influence on me and stuff. It's just like, you know, some people are similar. My, my humor is, you know, pretty similar to other people. Like I grew up watching Greg Giraldo. That was like my guy. I loved Greg Giraldo. Yeah, and guy. I know for a fact that he's inspired me in my style because the type of jokes I write, I try to do intelligent, well mm-hmm. thought out written jokes just like he did. But they're not his jokes. They're my jokes and they're they're my outlook and they're not his. And that's that's like a really 
easy trap to fall into. It's like when you listen to music or like, you know, even playing in a cover band, we were able to take the misfits and create our own sound with their sound. And it's like a testament to what you can do with your own, you know, your own art. Well, I think that when you want to, like, if you want to call it like being, um, you know, influenced by somebody, you can say that, but I think it's more of like, they show you a way of like, this is how you could do it. Yep. Or there's a possibility and here's a possibility. And then you go, whoa, that's a possibility. Yeah. And then once you know that that's out there, you're like, okay, I'm going to now. Yeah. And that's, do that's it myself. Just like being like, a human too. And I feel like a lot of people aren't open-minded. Like if you go through your life closed-minded, you're never going to learn. Mm. But if you keep an open mind and you need, like you look at new experiences, like I'll go to shows and I'll look at people at open mics that I've seen. I've never seen someone do something like that. Yep. And I'll go, I wonder if I could do that. And then I'll yeah. try it. Yeah. You know, I'll try it something like that. And I'll be like, Oh wow, that actually does kind of work. And it's like, I'm not stealing their shit, but I'm realizing that I have more potential that I could be tapping into. Mommy, can I go on in? Did the Misfits have a lot of music videos? No, dude, they were like way. There's like barely even like videos of them performing live, and it's all super shitty quality. Like they had the new Misfits did, but um, no, nah, they just did their reunion shows though. If you could have directed a music video, like what would you want them to do? Like, and what song would you want? Uh, I would do a music video for probably Hybrid Moments. Mm-hmm. That, that song's really good, and I would probably just do a cut of them playing in black and white, pretty fast paced, with like cut scenes of like old monster movies and shit. Oh, like Godzilla and stuff. Maybe or? more like uh, Nine, not Nine of Living Dead, but like more like um, Dracula type shit, oh, okay. like creature features, because that song's right. kind of like a, the classic Universal stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I think it'd be cool. Like yeah. to see a music like that. And would you like have them like, you know, be just them or would you have them like be in the like monster scenes too? No, they would just be them playing with cut scenes of like monster. And it would be like an underground like performance type looking thing. Right. Like, like live live like type at performance. The doll hut or something. Yeah, something like super punk like that, black mm-hmm. and white with their face paint, makeup on and all that shit. It'd be a cool video. Oh, so they actually did Yeah, the they used to they used to do like um you know, they do the devil lock mm-hmm. and they would uh paint their eye black like we do it when we play with hybrid bromans because like we do it with like we'll wear backwards hats with the devil lock coming through and we'll put like the eye makeup on and shit cool it's, it's fun it's like a horror punk theme you know yeah 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 i had a friend uh he was in a band and it sounds a lot like mitzvits but it was called murderland okay and it was an all disney metal band or like metal punk band That's like funny. yeah and they would like have like different you know disney songs they would do different disney covers and they would do like different like you know they had original stuff but yeah. it was all like yeah halloween based yeah that's it's like a concept thing mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. were actually i was talking to ryan our drummer and rob we were like i really want to do a star wars theme thrash band hell and yeah i want to call it grand mosh tarkin <laughs> and i want to do cool. like yeah i want to do like four or five songs but have all the song names like slamdo calrissian luke sky mosher right and right like, shit like that i think it'd be pretty funny yeah you do like a punk cantina version yeah, or something exactly. that would be sweet i'm sure that exists already probably maybe something along those lines but that's just like i don't know like i like music i've always been in like i used to be in a joke rap group before i did comedy and shit like i've always 
been into doing that kind of stuff. And like now that I'm doing comedy, it's given me more confidence to like take chances and like actually go do stuff like that. It does help to be kind of versatile, you know, in the yeah. multifaceted things, especially like, yeah, in this day and age, it's always like, okay, you do this well, but can you do other yeah, things? That's well, the one thing I'm thankful for, I'm like pretty, I'm pretty well versed in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I always felt like it would be nice to, you know, play an instrument, but do you want, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I'd want to be a, like a musician comic. I don't know. No, I don't want to be a musician comic. I, uh, I've been playing guitar for a couple of years. I've been getting better. And I mean, I, I like singing and stuff. I need to do like singing training and shit. Cause it's been so long since I did it. Like the last, the last couple misfit shows that we do, I actually did proper vocal warmups. And I noticed that like my range increased a lot and stuff. So actually like, I feel like, you know, I can sing, I might as well get good at it again. Cause I'd right. like, I'd like to do like a solo music project, not comedy related, but at some point maybe like some acoustic, folk right. type Johnny Cash style shit. Right. Something more serious. Yeah. It's like, it's a good outlet. And it's like, I got a lot of experiences in my life and things that, you know, I might want to put to song or just like stories or just sure. thoughts, you know, it's, it's like one thing about comedy is like, it's taught me to just be like less scared of being creative. And it's being a creative person is something that I always wanted to be. And I always was, but I suppressed it for so long because I thought, you know, I got to get a job. I got to be real. I got to do something like, you know, I never really thought, that I can make a living being creative. I never believed I could do that until I started doing it. And then you realize like, this is who I am and this is natural for me. And this is what I need to be doing. And ever since I started it, everything in my life fell into place because this is what I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Following what I'm like, following my heart and my dream that I want to do. Well, it's very inspirational. I mean, I definitely, you know, want to do the same thing, you know, it's especially, yeah, because you know, who wants to be doing 20 shitty jobs for the rest of their lives? I've worked so many shitty jobs that I I can't, I won't do it, man. If I can make 40 grand a year doing comedy, I would honestly be cool with that. I agree too, man. I'll be single and do comedy and that'll be my life. Fuck it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I could just pay my bills doing what I want to do travel and, and you know, yeah, not having to worry about some person telling me like you didn't yeah. fill out the TPS report good enough well, dude, or whatever. Just, it's just so much freedom because it's like, it's such a test of who you are in my opinion, because yeah. you're constantly throwing yourself out for strangers and like gaining acceptance. And it's almost like reassuring you that like you're doing what you want to do and you're doing mm. this and then it makes you get better and better and you keep going. It's like sky's the limit. Yeah. But you sit in an office, like what's going to happen? You're going to get promoted maybe. And then what, you're going to be the boss. You're going to be in charge of, 80 assholes that hate you and don't want to do their fucking work. Like, yep. why would you want that? And that you're only doing it because too. it pays. Exactly. You know, you're, you're not doing it for, that's the thing with comedy. It's like, yeah, I'm doing it cause I want to get paid. But the first X amount of years I didn't get paid and yeah. I still had that. And that's same why I wish I would have started it. younger. Like I said, you know, but it's, when you can, yeah, have less responsibility in your life. Yeah. But for, you know, for once in my life, I actually, you know, a lot of my friends are getting married right now and starting to have kids and stuff. And it's weird. Cause I kind of went through that when I was younger, but like now it's like, I don't even know if I want that man, because I'm so happy with comedy that I'm right. getting all the things that I was searching for before. And it's like, it used to scare me like, damn, what well, if maybe you're the- alone? But it's like, dude, I'm happy as fuck. So maybe I am going to be alone, but it doesn't worry me anymore. I have that same feeling where, yeah, a lot of people are in my life having babies, getting, I mean, my, my sister had a baby two days ago Yeah, and, uh, she was definitely, you know, you live with your girlfriend, bro. You're on your way. I know. I'm, I'm already halfway the there. Oh man. <laughs> the, the biggest thing that I have a struggle with it, with her is to tell her like, I might be having fun, but this is work. 
Yeah. It's not like I'm just hanging out with the guys having yeah, for a as few- much fun as we have the the hours <laughs> of of like agony and self doubt and shit. It, it really evens out to it's honestly almost not worth it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a lot of people, I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot of thinking and it's a lot of hard work. Like most of your most of your work, I mean, all of your work goes in before you even get on stage. If you're a good mm. comic, because when you're on stage is when you're actually perfecting it. But yeah, that work you put in before is what allows you to do that. Right, right. And it's hard to tell people that are in that lifestyle, like, hey, this is, you know, I- I'm sorry that I'm, you know, coming home at 1230 or late or whatever. And I'm sorry that you have a nine to five. But believe me, I would love to have an open mic at 8 a.m. But there isn't. They're late at night. So that's when I'm going to go. Yeah. You know, it's funny is the girl I was dating, I was doing comedy and working a nine to five and she wasn't working and she would still bitch at me about like not seeing her and stuff. And I was just be like, are you fucking serious right now? Yeah. I talk to a lot of comics and go like, Hey, would you want to date another comic? And they say yes for that reason of like the lifestyle would be cool to have like them get like, okay, yeah. we're both, we if understand both on this. the same level though. How hard would it would be if you date someone that's not on your level or someone that's above you. And then one of you guys goes further than the, like, I just mm. feel like that would be right, pretty hard to right. get over or to deal with. So it would be tough to see, yeah, them like succeed and then you're still doing the open mic scene. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, how do you, you know, you have to be supportive of the person that you're with, but that would be right. I mean, cause this is like your dream. Right. And that's why it gets so intense. Cause it's like, this is like, I'm putting every egg in this basket that I don't even have. Well, that's the we're thing. We're trying to learn and do this shit. And it's like, I'm wasting years of my life trying to do this. And I don't take lightly to that. You know, I'm not going to waste any more time in my life doing other bullshit if I'm already, you know, right. Well, that's the thing with like me and my girlfriend, like she's already found her thing that she likes to do and she's been doing it for the last 11 years and now she's making a good living at it and I'm still trying to find that dream. I'm still trying to go, well, fuck the shitty jobs that I could like hate that are still like, yeah, paying me 40K a year, but I'm just like dreading to go to and go like, I'm I'm still going to struggle and try to find something better. And yeah. then she's like, well, if it's going to take a decade, maybe <laughs> I'm not going to be here for that decade. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just got to, you got to make it happen. It might take 10 years, but you just got to stay afloat for those 10 years. And that's like, that's the biggest obstacle I feel like, because I mean, if you stay with it, if you stick with it, you're going to get funny enough to make it because of if you, if you really put the work in, you're going to get better. It's on you for that. But staying afloat and and juggling other things is the difficult part. Like, you know, my job was pretty lenient. I was only working like 30 hours a week and I was making enough money to get by. But even that was making it so hard for me to really sit down and write and to really go out and do as many shows as I could. Like I would drive 150 miles a night and do three shows and get home at 3 a.m. and wake up and go to work at six. Yeah. And get through it. And I was doing that for months at a time and just like fucking hating my life. But I couldn't quit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't stop doing comedy either. Like I can't do either one of those things. So you just have to get through it. And I think for, yeah, a lot of people that like realize like that's what it's going to have to take, you know, having to be around a person that's doing that, yeah. it's going to be difficult. Or if they're going to have to be that person, they're going to be like, well, I guess I'm not going to be a and comic. Here's <laughs> the thing. Like they don't, they don't get to see the payoff. They right. don't get to be on stage and see the smiling faces and feel that energy of those laughs and stuff that makes it all worth it. So it's hard for them to understand why you're doing it and why it means so much to you because they've mm. never done it. Mm. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I definitely want to have my girlfriend see me for that reason of like, yeah. hey, this is it. Especially, I don't know, though. I'm always fearful that it's going to be the when I bomb or something. And yeah. then she's going to hey, be definitely does, like, and yeah. why are you still doing this? <laughs> I told myself, like, I turned 30 this year. I started comedy at 27. Mm. So I was like, 
I'm going to give myself till 35. I'm going 100%, 100% comedian. If at 35, I'm not in a realistic position to make that happen, I'll, I'll cut back and get an actual career and like work on that. But right. I'm not going to stop doing comedy, but I'm not going to make it my fucking lifeblood. But there's contingencies. My, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and in between now and then, I'm going to do a lot of different things and try to get a job as a writer. I'm going to try to do anything I can to make money and stuff. So, I mean, realistically, in 10 years, a lot's going to change in my life. Sure. But one thing I know is that I'm not going to stop doing comedy. So I know that these experiences that I want are eventually going to happen because I've got hopefully 50 years or whatever, you know, to make it happen. Plus we get nuked. <laughs> In which case, nothing will be funny anymore. It'll no. be like the week after the election. Then we'll definitely need a skill. Hypothetical questions. You're having a drink at a dive bar when suddenly you realize it's a Hell's Angels bar. And the only way they're going to let you leave is if you recreate the tequila scene from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. What do you do? Uh, I've never seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, daddy. A rebel. Oh, what? Yeah, never saw that. (laughs) Never really needed to. He does, you know, a big dance number with, like, you know, tequila in the background. Tequila. Nice. Does he go, ha Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and Nailed it. At the end, they all love him, and they decide, you know, to let him go. Nice. I mean, in a realistic situation, I would probably happen anyway, because I, I do have a really good ability to win people over pretty quickly, especially if there's threat of me losing my life. Have you ever ran into, like, any, like, crazy guys oh, at dude, a bar? Like, I used to go to parties where I'd roll up, and there'd just be, like, nothing but, like, the most gangster fucking, like, Hawaiian gardens, like, chola, <laughs> like and, and by the end of the night, it was always, like, those dudes love me, and we're all cracking up and shit. Like, nice. I've, I've just always had that ability to, like, get in, fit in with, like, anybody. Like, this you know, white boy is funny. Yeah, no, I, all the time. Like, hey, why the fuck do you're funny? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just how it is, and it was just, like, I don't know, I just... I don't know if it's a vibe I put off or if it's just like whatever, but I'm just able to kind of coexist with people. Right. Always well, I mean, it's you're generally a jovial person. I've never really seen yeah, you like, yeah, like it. try to start it with someone. Like, <laughs> Dude, I haven't been in a fight since I was like 22. And mm. every time I've ever been in one, it's because someone just wants to get their ass beat. Right. They just won't stop. Yeah. It's like, cause, I mean, what's the point? It's it's weird how like I've known I've run into a lot of comics that have like a false sense where like you know you saw them eat a big dick and they go up uh, they come off stage and they're like man I killed it and you're like oh, yeah. dude did you you were there right like you were <laughs> you did not kill it man <laughs> I hate people say I killed it like everyone has a bad habit of it but like it's come on man I've never killed it really I've, I've I have twice just because I got like a like a standing ovation at the end like, like I can a, understand that stood up and clapped yeah. and I was like what the fuck if like, if you're getting a standing o yeah and applause yeah. breaks yeah, yeah I was getting like I remember I've had a couple sets where I was getting applause breaks and I wasn't used to it mm. and you're still was, going you weren't I waiting was, yeah I was going I was stepping over it and one of the one of the guys in the back when I when I came back uh, he was laughing his ass I was like what they're like dude. I've never seen somebody step all over their fucking applause breaks before. I was like, I've never gotten them. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. Like everyone in the back was just laughing at me. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've 
that's the thing. I've I've done all right at best, you know, yeah. like where it's not like yeah, I didn't bomb. I had people laugh, but I wasn't like, oh man, they should have been paying money yeah. for this. <laughs> it's like when you get off stage and you know that audience didn't want you to leave. Mm. That's when I feel like I know that I killed it. Like, and, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. lot of times that'll happen when you know you're featuring or when you do like a ten minute spot. Yes, you'll notice like you really have them for that full ten minutes, and then your time's up, and you can just tell like, oh. And those are the nights where they come up after you, and you always get the same like. They like look around like, hey, just want, you were you were my favorite dude. Like, yeah, it's like, right, it's like, you don't right, have to be secret, right. dude. Just tell me, it's cool. Like, thank you. Like it helps me to know that the host like, you don't have has to, to secretly yeah, tell you. Right? <laughs> I just think that's funny, but it's 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 like it's it's funny how much like our ego needs to be fed to keep going. Totally, but like you you also have to stay super humble in order to be good at it because you mm. have to understand that you always have to improve. You can't get stuck. It's like you said, like you know. There'll be those moments where you'll come off stage and I'll get a fist bump from some, you know, another open micer and I'm like, okay, yeah, no big deal. But, you know, Evan or somebody else that's like, you know, I hold as, you know, more of a contemporary or, or a person that's, you know, better than me. Dude, if you get a, if fist, I get bump a fist bump from bump, the cast, man, yeah, you know you're doing good. Then I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, <laughs> I actually <laughs> did something. <laughs> Especially, yeah, at the Anchor Bar where, I mean, I've only bombed at the anchor bar. Really? Yeah. I've gone there maybe four or five times. And I think it's like what you said, like I psych myself out. I am yeah. just sitting there so long. It's a lot of comics there too. It's, it's, it can be intimidating. Yeah. I even sometimes if there's a lot of people that like, I, they haven't seen me in a while. Right. I'm right. Like, ah, I know I'm doing new shit tonight, but I really don't want to eat a dick. Cause I, I hate when people that you work with, like, you know, they see you, but you got to understand like everyone bombs and they can, if a good comic watches you bomb, they're going to be able to see, why you bombed and know that it was because you were trying something new and like right. you see the growth in a joke and stuff, you know? Right. And I mean, I was talking about it with other comedians too. Like, and I don't want to say like, you know, this is an excuse, but I know that there's been times where it was just a shitty audience. Like yeah. that, I know my jokes were all right. They just didn't work here. But that, those are the nights where you have to realize like you do two jokes and it's not working and you just go into crowd work and you try mm. something different. So that's, mm-hmm. That's where that line of like, you should always be able to get a crowd comes in because in reality, if you have all your tools ready, there's no crowd that you can't figure out a way to fucking work. And that's it, what I, mean, I definitely possible, need. But yeah, that's I what just, I need to like worry about more is like being in the moment because I'm still in that stage where it's like, oh, if they didn't like these two jokes, I'll just move on to more material instead yeah. of going, what's that? Fuck it's, the it's material. That, it's that life raft mentality. <laughs> it's mm. like you, you do two jokes and they bomb. And instead of, of realizing what's going on and, and taking a chance because you realize, like, I'm already eating shit. This can't get worse. Yeah. I might as well try new shit. Yeah. <laughs> but you get in that mode of, like, you cling to your material and you keep going through your set because you're uncomfortable and you, like, want to get through it. Yes. And it's like you got to learn how to punk yourself out of that. And it's fucking hard because I even do that sometimes where I'll get four jokes in. And I'm like, why the fuck am I still doing material? God damn it. Mm. And then I'll, I'll break out of it, you know. And as soon as you break out of it, like I've noticed too, like the moment I go, like man, I am sucking dick up here. Yeah, it changes right there. And I mean, I try not to even say that. Mm. Like I, I never like I, acknowledge like, your yeah, own like. And not, I mean, sometimes you can, and it, it it helps. But like, I just try to roll over and just move on. Mm. Like whatever, it, they know it's not working. I know it's not working. I'll just start something new. And usually, you just get them. And I think if you if you roll over a joke that doesn't work, the audience is real quick to get right back on board with you. Cause they're there. They want it. They want to like you totally. No one goes to a comedy club. Like, Oh, this guy fucking sucks. And I'm not going to laugh on yeah. purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get those guys and then they're usually the guy that yells out and then ends up looking like an asshole, you know? It's right. Like, right. They're just too chicken shit yeah. to be doing it themselves. Exactly. <laughs> I find out like, I think that's what a lot of hecklers are. It's like, Oh, I just, 
didn't have the balls to do this, so yeah. I'm going to like try to ruin this guy's show. <laughs> or there's, there's those people that actually genuinely believe that they're adding to the show, and it's like, mm. you're fucking not, idiot, but I know you think you are. Right. He totally buried me, and you're like, yeah, because yeah, you're an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> not because you're part of the show. <laughs> I hate that. Like, I remember when I first started comedy, I would go to shows, and I'd go with my friends, and they'd be like, oh, let's go sit near the front. I'm like, I don't want to sit near the front, because mm. I know what I look like. I'm a big dude. I got glasses. I'm going to get fucked with, because I know what I look for when I go in there and, and I hate it because as a comic you're like don't that fuck guy. with me because I'm a comic and like I don't want to make you look like an asshole but I also kind of don't want to look like an asshole <laughs> at a Super Bowl party watching halftime. Suddenly, Lady Gaga releases a real-life falcon that hunts and stalks Tom Brady, ripping his throwing hand clean off. What do you do? That's a fucking super bird. It rips his hand off? Yeah, it rips his hand clean off. I would fucking laugh and be like, damn, karma. <laughs> he must have done something. Or, But he still has Giselle Bunchen be able to like nurse them back to health oh, yeah you know right so it'll be all right i don't ever wish even on teams that i hate i never wish ill on the players just because i know how difficult it is to like hmm. try to stay healthy and to like really put it all on the line yeah. but at the same time i kind of fucking hate a lot of other people on teams <laughs> it's like, ah, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> are you a big sports fan or are you gonna uh, yeah, be a huge baseball fan i watch football um but ba- baseball is like my bread and butter i've always i always played it I used to be really, really fucking good at it. I probably could have done it if I wouldn't have gotten hurt and stuff. What but, was your position? Uh, I was third base. Mm-hmm. It was like probably my best position. I had but a really just good infield at all? or No, I played all over there. I was really like baseball. I had a stepdad that was like pro for a while. Nice. And so since I was like four, I was out in the backyard taking fucking hard hit grounder. He was kind yeah. of an asshole. So right. he drilled baseball into me at a young age. So I was always like best kid on my team. Always like super into the game and shit. What was so, your team? A uh, bunch of different teams. I mean, I played Little League, and then I played on a travel ball, and then I played in high school. Well, I mean to root for. Like, oh, the Angels. Yeah, Angels. Yeah, I've always, course, been, yeah. always been an Angels fan. I go to, like, a bunch of games every year. I went to, like, yeah, five last season. Yeah. It, they're fun. It's amazing. Like, I love baseball, and it's funny because yeah. so many people think it's boring, but it's like, you know, it's not if you follow it. Mm-hmm. But it's not for everybody, and I understand that. But it's if a you numbers go to, like, game. It's if about- you go to a baseball playoff game yeah. where everyone's into every single pitch and you, it's everyone's on the same page, it's the best sport. It's totally. the fucking best sport. Totally. Because, yeah, it's all about uh, – it's just, just a series of moments. You yeah. know, you create counts, a scenario, and the scenario is so tense pitch by pitch. Dude, there's nothing more baller than a fucking stadium packed of 50,000 people in a playoff game, and then you crank a fucking home run. Yeah. There's no moment in sports that's bigger Never. than that one fucking moment, dude. Like, you just stand there, and you just crank this thing. I am it's the, the biggest moment the in sports. the number one person here right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is it. Like, this is my fucking moment. And when the dudes do it, like, Especially walk off home clutch. run. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. it's, like, the most clutch, that's, like, dude, I get chills. Like, I watched that Kurt Gibson. I fucking hate the Dodgers. You watch yep. that Kurt Gibson home run? Holy shit. Yep. Chills, man. Yeah, because you're just seeing excellence at the best. At the highest moment. Yeah. Yeah. This guy succeeded in the one time he needed to do it. Yeah. I would I would say, like, in comedy, you get that. Like, I had a I had what I would call a walk-off home run in a mm. two-layer this weekend because I finished I finished a bit. I had a 15-minute set, and I finished a bit at 13. They had a little timer on the stage, and I noticed right. I had a minute and 20 seconds left, and I was like, I don't want to run the light. 
and I don't want to end early. So what am I going to do for one minute, 20 seconds? And real quick, I went through all the jokes I had in my head, and there's a mural behind me at that bar that has a picture of the Terminator robot. What? And like an atom bomb going off, yeah. and it says Barmageddon. Nice. So I was able to incorporate a Skynet joke into a bit that I have and end fucking solid on my set on a joke that I don't normally do, and I fucking finish like right at 15 minutes. Nice. And I was able to pull that out and think about it, and that's like what I've been working on lately is like really trying to pull things out last minute and get better on my feet. So I just remembered I was able to pull that off, and that was like the equivalent of like a walk-off home run for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, no one knows what I just did, but I just fucking did it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I will say this was a great podcast. Thank you, Tony, for coming in and sharing uh, some time and uh, sharing a little bit of insight of what it takes to be a stand-up as well as, uh, you know, a boy band aficionado. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if you guys definitely want to check out Tony, you can go to all of his social media, which is? Uh, you can check out my website at TonyAlfonoComedy.com or Instagram Adolf underscore Schittler. <laughs> um, but all my, all my links are on my website. I and, do like um, your, uh, your, <laughs> your avatar name for sure. And uh, I'm going to be at Brea Improv uh, February 7th. So if anybody wants free tickets to that, come to my website and send me an email and I will get you free tickets to that show. Sweet, sweet. And if any girls want to take me to El Torito, uh, email me and we can make that happen too. <laughs> you know, maybe after the show, you know, you could, you know, do I actually a little... have a roast battle after that show. Oh, whoa. So then... it'd have to be another night. There you but go. But if you want to go to the roast battle, you can get tickets for that as well. You can do both. It's going to be together. a sweet night of comedy. It'll be a brutal night of comedy. <laughs> Insults and shit. <laughs> Oh, man, that's going to be cool. That's yeah. going to definitely be it's fun. It's a good night, right? Yeah, that sounds fun. Back-to-back good shows. Mm. All right, guys. Well, thank you once again for tuning in to this week's episode of This Comics Live. Again, if you want to follow me, I'm at The D Stories on Twitter, or go to Facebook or Instagram at This Comics Live, or you can email me, of course, at ThisComicsLivePod at gmail.com. Do it, and tell a million people, and subscribe, and new episodes every Monday. All right, guys. Thanks again, and peace out.